0: Hey, how's it going, everybody? This is Joey Galvez, and you're listening to The House of Indie, the first episode of 2021. This week, I have Brian Hawkins on the show, co-creator of Black Cotton and Devil's Dominion. So, hang out with us and check us out at houseofindiepod.com. We are a proud member of the Geek Collective and Age of Radio Network. Yes. going everybody this is joey galvez and you are listening to the house of indie podcast all right welcome back this is a super amazing episode this is our first episode back from the new year this is 2021 and i have an awesome awesome creator i talked to him recently on another show that i do but he has not been here on this show and I'm, today i'm listening i'm talking to brian hawkins man and uh dude what's up man
1: Hey, what's
0: up, man? Uh, happy New Year. <laughs> happy New happy Year Happy 2021. Yeah, man. It's starting off yeah, good yeah, already, yeah. man, because I'm talking to you cuz you you've been doing some really <laughs> awesome stuff. Uh, I know you you're you're working and it's and now we were talking a little bit before this and and I was telling you, man, I was like, "Man, you're you're blowing up right now." And uh, and and that you are, man, because you're doing some good stuff. You're doing stuff with Scout. You told me that you're gonna be doing stuff with Xenoscope. You're uh, you've you've done tons of stuff with Mad Cave and uh, Black Box Comics. Like you're you're blowing up, bro.
1: Oh man, those are, <laughs> are kind words, man. Thank you. Um, uh, it's it's hard work and a lot of grace. Um, you know, just trying to contribute to this wonderful comic book medium and community. Um, and you know, I've, I've been fortunate to, um, you know, link up with some great people and meet some, some, some great connections and and friends. Um, uh, you, you being one of them and, um, here I am, you know. I'm just in, in, enjoying the process.
0: So let's let's talk a little bit about that, man. Let's let's talk a little bit about your beginnings, because I'm not sure if anybody, if you've ever had an interview where you've talked to a little people a little bit about that. I know you guys do some some promotions uh, about your work and all that stuff, uh, but right here on the House of Indie, I like to get a little deep and talk to you guys about how how you started sure. out and how you got into this stuff. We're, we're, so were you were you an, uh, like a lifelong comics fan, man?
1: I am. Um. So, so you know, going back to man, childhood, you know, (laughs) those years with with Spider Man on the TV, you know, Mm -hmm. that 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 first cartoon, like in the eighties. Um, a friend of mine, you know, a close friend of mine, like we would go go to the comic book store and we would pick up comic books and trading cards. I was really big on the Marvel trading cards. Yeah. Um, and You know, I mean, back then I really didn't pay attention to like the number or et cetera, et cetera. Um, It was just the story. Right. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's always been uh, about the story and it still is about the story. Yeah. Uh, And so, um, you know, I uh, after I got out of college um, and, you know, being an aspiring writer, uh, eventually I, I found myself going towards comic book writing. I'm like, well, wait a second. It, it kind of just dawned on me like, wait mm-hmm. a second, what is the process for this? Uh, yeah. And so it really helped to reintroduce me uh, to the comic book world mm-hmm. because, you know, like, uh, you know, there was a few years for sure, you know, with college and everything and, 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 and dating, and <laughs> trying <laughs> to date all of you know, yeah. that adult stuff yeah. um, where um, I wasn't as as into mm-hmm. it as I was when I was younger. Uh, so it was really a great time for me to uh, rediscover not only what was going on in the comic book world, but, you know, it was a rediscovery of myself. Mm. Um, it, so it was awesome. It I,
0: I feel the same awesome. way. I feel the same way, man. There there was a time in my life where I all I thought about was comic books and hanging out with my friends and, and doing cool stuff. And then uh, I found myself. I was like, "Well, I, I think I want to date a girl. <laughs> like, I want to. I want to go find me a girlfriend." And uh, the comic yeah. books took the back burner a little bit. So <laughs> I yeah. feel you on that one, man. And uh, now, now <laughs> that I, now I got like a, a wife and kids, and I want to kind of introduce my children to. Uh, what i loved when i was growing up and and you know kind of give them that same kind of thing so I, I understand that a little bit man so you you
1: talked a little yeah. bit
0: about you, this was a lifelong thing and so and you said spider-man is spider-man one of your favorite characters or
1: spider-man is one um you, you know when i was a, a kid he really stuck out um the only the only kind of character and superhero uh that i would say was even even more prevalent than spider-man would be batman but mm. when I tell this story and when I think about, think back to like origins, Spider-Man comes up first. and mm. I've always had this affinity for Spider-Man. Um, yeah. I, you know, if I had to pick between the two right now, you're asking who's my favorite. <laughs> I would say Batman. All right. Um, but Spider-Man, <laughs> Spider-Man is where I feel like my story of, of comic books really begins. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah
0: love spidey. Yeah man, uh my my brother, my middle brother, he's a huge Spider-Man fan and uh he he loved Spider-Man from the very beginning and stuff and we'd watch cartoons and stuff like that. And uh, Mm -hmm. he was always the Spider-Man guy. I was always the Wolverine guy, the X-Men kind of guy. So that was always my favorite. And then and Ninja Turtles. We all I've got two two younger brothers, Mm -hmm. and we were like Ninja Turtles, dude, all day. Like we we'd watch it, we would listen to it, we would uh, I I mean watch it, read it. Uh, We lived and breathed it. You know what I mean? So so it was back in the '90s, man, when all that stuff was going on. You got the Spider-Man, you got the X-Men cartoon, you got Ninja Turtles. Like it was it was all happening, man. So that was our world back then. So um so, Good and, time. Yeah. And uh my one of my youngest ones, my two year old, he's really into Spider Man right now. So and so I love that, man. That's really cool. He walked around all day long yesterday wearing his Spider Man suit. So.
1: <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I actually just bought my son, um, Brandon Easton. Uh he you know, he does some work on Spider Man and mm-hmm. um uh he just he he posted uh, a a Spider Man book that he did, um, you know, and it, it it it's geared toward like you know younger ages, mm-hmm. and so you know what I I immediately just just bought that thing like you know what I know my son will love this. He just got the uh, uh the Spider Man Miles Morales. Oh yeah, yeah, he loves that. So he's all he's all in it yeah
0: man i love that they're bringing that stuff back so so uh do you pull from from any of those old school stories
1: man in your writing oh man you know what i would have to say that if i do it's not consciously um i'm pretty sure you know i'm my theory about myself uh is that you know i i love stories going back to like um you know being on a on, on the couch on the sofa with my mm-hmm. mom watching soap operas. Okay. Like story like stories has, has just been a part of my life. Um and you know from like going to the movies yeah. to watch the you know when these comic kind of characters were beginning to come to life like the early Batman um you know there was an early live action Spider-Man you know way oh, yeah. back when yeah. you know and he had those those weird eyes, <laughs> the weird looking eyes um yeah and so you know it's always just been a part of of me and my love for storytelling. So I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. that, you know, when I write or when I create that, you know, it's, it's all in there. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not consciously doing it, but I yeah. think the influence is 100% there. The influence and and the inspiration is definitely there.
0: So where are you getting your inspiration from? Cause I've, I've read black cotton and I've read uh, devil's dominion that uh, you do and and both of them they they definitely feel like they they deal with the human condition and and what people are kind of dealing with their own inner demons uh, if uh, if the pun works there <laughs> right on i see what you did there so so where
1: do you pull so where do you pull that from man um so i am really really you know in love with like what the human condition is um i feel like it's the centerpiece of storytelling. And I really began to appreciate that and understand that in college, um, earliest would be, you know, late high school when I was, you know, I got into Shakespeare. Um, mm-hmm. And when I really was able to take a Shakespeare class in undergrad, um, I, it really just captivated me. And I saw what Shakespeare was doing. He, His plays, you know, it all hinges on the human condition. And mm-hmm. it was just different vehicles that he was using to tell these fabulous stories about the human condition, and so uh, I, again, I think that just became a part of like what I like and what I understood, and it was how I gravitated um, towards my storytelling. And you mm-hmm. know, I always wanted to tell uh, stories that is centered, you know, in the human condition. How you know, no matter what genre it is let's get back to what it is that makes us human because, mm-hmm. you know, that's the most entertaining, but it's also the most edifying. It's the most um, uh, galvanizing mm-hmm. aspect of storytelling.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think might- I'd have to agree with that, man. Cause, cause yeah. I mean, how, how you can relate to a lot of these characters uh, that you got going on in these books here, you know what I mean? Uh, in, in black cotton, obviously you have yeah. a handful of characters that, that, you know, are dealing with the world around them. And and having to go through those motions and having to go and and it feels like they're they're swimming through all kinds of thickness, man. Because this is a deep, deep story here. And, and uh, uh, actually, let's let, can you tell everybody a, a little bit about BlackCon if they don't know what it is already. Hopefully, everybody knows what it is and they've already picked up their books because uh, I think what is it? Okay. A- FOC is over already, right? I can't remember about this one.
1: It, it yes, it ended and there was like this late call. You could still get some in today. Okay, uh, so. Today's it, but uh, <laughs> there will be opportunity, you know, for retailers to order directly from Scout, and mm-hmm. there yeah. will be um, a uh, a web store version as well. Yeah. So, um,
0: and I've seen yeah. that cover, man. That's a beautiful looking <laughs> cover, dude. You got some good looking stuff Thank there. You. But yeah, tell everybody Thank a little bit about artists. Yeah, tell a little little bit about Black Cotton uh, to those of the the who don't know yet, if they haven't known a uh, little bit about this book.
1: All right, so. Black Cotton is a title that Patrick Foreman and myself are creators and writers of, um, with artwork being done by um, Marco Peregini. Um, we got Francisco Zamora on, on letters. Um, and what Black Cotton is about is, it's set an alternate reality where the social order of white and Black is reversed. Um, and the story hinges upon an elitist family, the Cottons, who's a Black family, uh, who is part of the 1% or the majority um, in this reality. Um, and their police officer's son, um, who is kind of estranged to the family, um, is involved in a tragic shooting of a white minority woman. Um, and that kind of jumps off the whole story um, that mm-hmm. you know hinges upon, uh, I say hinges twice, but it does, hinges upon uh, looking at systemic Racism, mm-hmm. looking at police brutality, but those are just um, symptoms, vehicles of how we uh, look at the human condition mm-hmm. uh, and how we perceive the world. Um, so it's, it, it's a story about perception and a story about uh, that six degrees of, of separation yeah. that uh, exists between, the, between us all.
0: And and this is a really heavy story, but it's a really good one. So I just I suggest everybody go out there. If you haven't gotten your hands on a copy, uh, keep an eye out. And as soon as you see it up for grabs, grab it, because (laughs) this is this is a really good story. I see this story being a I mean, uh, I'm going to say it right now, man. I'm going to say it right here on the House of Indy. Uh, I see some awards in this one, man, because this is a really good, good story. So I'm gonna, th- I'm just putting it out there in the air for you right now, bro, because <laughs> this is a great story. I, I, def-
1: I definitely appreciate it. <laughs> I, I definitely appreciate it. That would definitely, you know, it would be awesome. Um, you know, for several reasons, but it also mean that that people will have have read it and I've yeah. had a chance to, to, to ingest it in. Hopefully, it might might change some perceptions.
0: Yeah, yeah. And uh, tell, tell us a little bit of a uh, quick log line of uh, Devil's Dominion, real
1: quick. Devil's Dominion um, is a story. Um, it's done by Black Box. Um, and I'm part of a phenomenal creative team uh, that include Rafael Forte, uh, Sarah Ainello, um, you have Carolina Pontes, Justin Birch. Um, and what the story is about. Um, is a young woman who has sold her soul to the devil. Um, She was going through something traumatic in her life and she didn't have a way out. Um, And so uh, her way out um, was to sell her soul. And in return, uh, she was empowered to uh, remove herself from her situation, that bad, horrible, uh, familiar situation that she was going through. Um, But she ends up reneging on her deal with, the devil and she is now using her demonic powers uh, to do good mm. which in turn the devil doesn't like and so while <laughs> she is trying to do good she's also being hunted, <laughs> hunted down.
0: yeah yeah A- another great story and uh it definitely dude as i'm reading black cotton in this one i definitely feel like parts of you in these stories man and, and before, like when I would read some books and stuff and I'd hear my friends talking about it, you know, you, those, those, you know, when guys get together in the comic shop and they have those comic shop conversations and all that stuff and they talking about, you know, Oh yeah. When you read this, 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 uh, creator, you can definitely hear how, how they, they write and and you can hear their voice and come through to the different stories and all that stuff. I've never felt that before until I've actually, you know, started doing these podcasts and kind of reading things and kind of like. diving deep into these stories man and now i'm starting to kind of feel and he and understand that a little bit more because now i'm doing it for a podcast and i'm and i'm and i'm trying to kind of get these things out of uh, out of the creators and talk to them a little bit and now i'm starting to feel that it's it's really kind of cool man because when you start to see that in uh creators and and it definitely says something that you've got a passion behind that and definitely shows. But right, right now, let's take a quick break before we get into some a little bit deeper. You can feel this passion behind these books, man. I want to know a little bit more about your passion and how you actually, you know, how you get into these books and your creative process and all that good stuff. So let's take that break. And once we come back, we're going to talk to you about your creative process. Hey, how's it going everybody? This is Joey Galvez, and I wanted to interject here for a second and tell you guys a little bit about my friend's Oneshi Press. They make creator-owned indie comics, books, and more, including Tracy Queen, the cam girl who engineers a cyborg army to fight for empowerment. Pack, where six dogs and one stray man join forces to put corruption under the fang. In Children of Gaia, elves orcs must unite to fend off the terran empire the onesti press comics anthologies present short stories by creators around the world there's my personal favorite mr guy zombie hunter the sassy half goblin who's got an apocalypse to stop and get this from today, moving forward to March 21st, all books and comics are 21% off at oneshipress.com. And if you type in the geek collective in your order notes at checkout, you'll get a free pack of stickers and postcards. That's right, absolutely free. That is o n e s h i press.com. All right, and we're back. And before the break, I promised you guys we were going to talk to Brian Hawkins a little bit about his creative process. So before the break, Brian, I, I was telling you a little bit about how, you know, I can feel your passion through these books and I can feel, uh, you know, bits and pieces of you uh, in in these different books here. And uh, I need to know, dude, how, how do you, you know tackle a book when you have these different stories? Cause obviously you got something like black cotton and devil's dominion. They're completely different stories, but at the same time you have lead characters that are dealing with their own inner demons and their own human condition. So it's, it's, it's not so far off. So how do you, how, what's your creative process when you kind of think about these, these stories, man? All
1: right. Um, well, first <laughs> it's a really great, great question. Um, and I wanted to really, um, give that question some thought, right? mm-hmm. so that you can get the the, the best answer possible. <laughs> um, so I don't want to make light of it because it's not a, a light process. Mm-hmm. Um, but my disclaimer would be it might sound kind of airish, like like you can't really like I can't capture that. It's, it's not completely pragmatic. Um, but for me, it's uh, it's it's trying to get the pulse and the feel the lifeblood of the story and what i do is i um i get the initial concept if it's something that i'm that i'm creating myself you know um uh, you know i would have like a seed of an idea um and i would kind of allow that seed of idea to just grow and to blossom inside of me and i allow it time you know it, I don't try to do it all in one day. I might might write a note down, mm-hmm. and I uh, allow my that moment that I'm in um, to inspire um, what that story would be. You know, I I might go for a walk. Uh, I might be playing with my kids. Uh, I might be on a drive. Um, I might be watching something, and the whole time I'm I'm kind of letting go of the wheel. But I'm still, I'm still there. I'm still there with the story, and I know the story is there with me. I'm just not focusing on. It. Um, I'm, a, I'm almost like the navigator, and I'm almost kind of trying to listen to that life blood, the blood of the story, uh, for the story. <laughs> it might sound a little weird for the story to, to kind of inform me and tell me what it wants to be. Um, and I do that with the stuff that 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 are, are that's creator owned, but also with. Um, Things that are, are IPs from different publishing houses, where you know I get that concept, I get that idea, I, I get these characters that are already out there in the world, and I, you know, in that case, I've read some source material, um, but I still just don't jump into it once I read the source material, and I don't try to kind of take it over. I again, you know, it's really it starts with an intuitive process where I I kind of allow. The lifeblood of the story to speak, while I'm 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 more so silent, mm-hmm. and trying to to pick up on where where it needs to go, where like what is my contribution to you story if I'm talking to the story, um, and we kind of <laughs> it's again it sounds weird, but we kind of interact <laughs> that way, um, and then from there it does become something more concrete. Where depending on the story, you know, I'll. I'll write out like an overview Mm. from that overview. I'll then go into more of an outline. Um, and then from the outline, I, I then begin the script. So that's, that's pretty much my process.
0: I love that man, because that, that, that whole explanation, it, it feels like you, like the whole story is a character all onto itself and you're interacting with this story. I get it, man. It sounds funny when you say it out loud, but I get it. <laughs> right. How do you keep true to yourself, even though that these stories are so different and that even though you're having these interactions with with how you want to tackle these stories and, and, and where the direction of the stories are going to go? So how do you keep true to yourself and keep your voice in each of these different stories?
1: Um, hmm, another great question. Another great question. Um. So I I think that kind of centers around. Um. I'm a big big, like I would say my belief system. Uh, revolves around Nothi Siatan. You know, know thyself. Um. And so, I like that's what, you know, religiously I try to know who I am. Mm-hmm. Um. Just know myself as a person. Know my Thoughts being honest with myself, you know, the the dark places of my psyche and in my human condition, as well as, you know, the more brighter sides and you know, that springs from that darkness. So I try to really just be human and to allow myself to be human and to be Brian and whatever that is. Um, and so with storytelling, um, being honest with myself, um, I believe that. Um, it allows for, again, this is going to sound weird. It allows for there to be this connection between um, that that me, that self, and that story self. And we kind of link up. Um, and what ends up happening is uh, the character. So I had this thing where I break... I, I break down a story to be character plus obstacle equals story. So, in every and if every story is kind of centered around the human condition, um, since I am human and I'm part of the condition, then I know that the character is going to represent something within humanity where I'm a part of it as well, and everyone else, everyone else is too. Mm-hmm. And so that so all the characters represent that. And so the obstacle is is then you know the issues that we go through in life, whatever the obstacle is. That obstacle represents in the story what people go through in real life. And so when those two clash, you have what equals the story, which equals the plot. And that equals in real life our life. That's what makes our life worth living. You know, we don't necessarily want to do it that way to where we meet obstacles, but the obstacle is just you know, how you refine yourself. So I think with that equation in, um, the knowing myself and knowing how I'm just, I'm one part of this gigantic whole of universality, um, that I allow myself to step back, but at the same time, connect to, um, what the story is. And I find myself, um, and I learn about myself through the characters, um, that I, that i'm writing you know some part of me uh, is being discovered or rediscovered um through the story because that character is reflected some part is reflecting mm-hmm. some part of me as well as I'm, I'm hoping someone else because we're all connected anyway
0: yeah i, I love that you said uh, that through these different stories, you kind of rediscover yourself. I know, you know, back in the day in high school, when I used to be, you know, this teenager with all this angst and I was like, well, I'm going to get a, you know, a notepad and I'm going to write lyrics and I'm going to get, you get make a band and all this stuff. So, uh, I know <laughs> that's funny, right? Everybody does that, right? And everybody no, goes, no, to I the- <laughs> you. no, that's
1: cool. <laughs> but, I
0: uh, it. but so, cool. so I mean, uh, do you have a notepad that you do that you carry throughout the years, throughout your, your childhood? Or, or do you just, you know, do you just like pull over? Like I, cause I've talked to guys who are like, I got this notepad and if I think about something, sometimes I'll pull off the highway and I'll just write it out or, or things of that nature. And, and uh, th- sometimes I'll just pull my phone out and I'll just, you know, type it out or I'll be walking the dog and things of that nature. Just, do you do the same
1: things? Um, I would say mostly yes. So I have a bunch of notebooks like that's right next to me. Like, one right here where like you know like i have a bunch of notebooks in my office where of course if i'm in my house i can easily go to but like Mm -hmm. if i'm out yeah definitely use the phone um i've written down certain ideas on napkins just so i know that when i get back home i can pick back up on it you know see where it goes um so i definitely do write down stuff i try sometimes you know i might it just might be in my head, and I try to hold it mm-hmm. um, there in place until I'm able to write it down. But I'm definitely a proponent of notebooks. I my my wife gets on me because I have a bunch of <laughs> notebooks. Um, I've you know I've gone through so many, and I saved them all. I saved them yeah. all, so I have a chest full of notebooks. Um, nice notebooks are big to me
0: sure awesome man so do you do you ever dig those out and like say okay i need it and i'm gonna write one of these wins right here i'm gonna i'm gonna elaborate on this one right here because this is one of the one this is a good one or maybe it's not that good <laughs> i'm gonna fix it i'm gonna try this one out do you ever do something like that
1: i haven't done that <laughs> i i have had an idea like from like years ago um to be honest with you don't ever blink was kind of like that okay where um uh which is um a book a series that, a five-issue series that I'm doing with Richard Kemp that we're self-publishing. Um, and that was a story that, you know, I kind of had, I began years, maybe like two, three, maybe four years ago. Um, and it just, it just wasn't time. And mm-hmm. um, I was doing some other things. And, um, and so it was just there. And what ended up happening is um, the way the universe works, you know, there's a time for everything. And you and so where I've gotten to with knowing who I am and just my placement in this universe, you know, I again it's kind of weird. <laughs> I can kind of feel like the pulse of like, okay, let's let's kind of take on this, you know, mm-hmm. and then that seed becomes germinate and and yeah. that's how Don't Ever Blink happened. Like I knew it was time. Um, so I don't ever purposely like say, okay, let me see what idea I can find in here, but I feel a pulling or a calling uh, and I might remember, oh yeah, you did start something right right there. Go back and look at that. Uh, so it becomes a, a, a point of reference. And for me, being someone who was formerly very impulsive and I've learned, I've taught myself uh, through trials and tribulations uh, not to be as impulsive but to take time with things. Um, I've learned that I've learned to to appreciate the process in that just because you have an idea right now does not mean that idea needs to come to fruition now. You know, that idea might be something, universe willing, that you're supposed to do five years from now, or it just might be a part of your own process of growing and thinking as an individual that maybe is never even supposed to be uh, something that's given out to the world or made into a book but it was yeah. just something that you went yeah. through to get to another book. Um, so you kind of have to allow yourself the process of storytelling, the process of creating um, and accept that that doesn't mean that every single thing that you think of is supposed to be uh, actually a a book or whatever you are creating. It could contribute to the whole of something else. Yeah.
0: I, I feel that man. And, and do you- do you feel like you know who you were then before you started writing, and and who you are now? Do you feel like through your writing, it's changed you for the better?
1: One hundred percent. You know, uh, it. I definitely think that that self reflection. Um, if you are, and I don't want to speak for all creators, all and all writers. So I'll just speak for myself. For me. Um, you know, hearing those voices from the characters, um, you know, writing out their dialogue, you know, crafting the story, the structure, what they're going through. Um, it's, 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 a, it's a humbling process because, mm-hmm. you know, if you're being true to what the human condition is, um, you know, you have to put yourself, you have to see yourself um, in those things. And by going through that, um, you're in essence kind of going through what the characters are going through. Um, so I think if you are open to it, that definitely does change you. And I think that has happened uh, with me, you know, throughout, you know, what I would call a, a writing career where, you know, it's been an intimate process of, of, of storytelling. Um, I, as much as I feel like I'm giving out writing the story, I'm 100% um, receiving. I'm being mm-hmm. told the story as well.
0: I feel I feel like that. That's true, man. Because there's been uh, things that I've written, and it's taught me to kind of take a step back a little bit and slow down, uh, especially in those moments where I I feel like I'm I'm going through the motions or I'm going moving too fast for myself. Like you were saying er- earlier. And it's, it helps me kind of slow my role a little bit because I, I completely understand, man. So I got to tell you, man, because you, you sound like a very wise man here because and it's very humbling, <laughs> man. <laughs> but so is would there I be it. <laughs> you're welcome, man? Is there any advice that you would give anybody out there who's who's looking to write a story or somebody who's trying to, you know, jump into, you know, creating something for themselves?
1: Um, I would say definitely look at yourself and try to be honest with yourself, you know, self-knowledge, um, knowledge of who you are, um, know if possible, dig as deep as you can start with you, start with you. Um, and you know, from, from you springs, whatever's inside of you, Mm -hmm. um, and allow what's inside of you to then be constructed in a way to, and crafted in a way uh, to where you can then make it more pragmatic. You know, how do I want to, uh, you know, pitch this story, outline this story? Um, what form is it going to take? Is it is it a prose story? Is it a comic story? Is it a screenplay? Is it uh, a play? Uh, is it, you know, it, it, the medium, the story will tell you what form it's supposed to be in. Um, and, you know, and so that's, um, there's a, you uh, there's actually a, a, a scripture that says um, uh, write the vision and make it plain. Um, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I won't call myself religious, uh, but I, I do have some background in theology. Uh, and so, you know, it's something, it's part of that human condition that I love. And so when I, when I quote a, a scripture, it's to really bring forth the human, human condition element of, mm-hmm. of, of, of storytelling and of, of life in itself. And so it says write the vision and make it plain. And I, I think what that means is that um, one, you know, know who you are, you know what's inside of you, then you're able to mm-hmm. to to see it. You're able to see your story. Um, it's in your head, but it's vast. And so once it's there, um, the way that you make it plain is you now have to create the right method for it to be delivered outside of you. Because see, even for yourself when you read it, it's not gonna be the same thing that was inside of you. What's inside of you can never fully be captured on, on the page in front of you or what's, what ends up in that book. What happens is you are capturing it into a product, into an object. Uh, you're making it more you're making it tangible for yourself and someone else to uh, view and get something from. So I think if you are a creator or a writer um, you know take the steps to know who you are, self-knowledge, um, write that vision, allow that what's in your head to, to come out and then make it plain you know what does this? look like on a page um and how do you craft that overview outline uh script or prose um and then just go with the process there's rewriting uh do not be afraid of the process of writing and creating uh i read an article that uh, on, on on writer's block and writer's block really um they were theorizing that it it really doesn't even exist what it is 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 you trying to control how the story is going to be told and you're blocking yourself because the story has lifeblood and it's trying to be told through you a certain kind of way because you're a vessel Um, and you want it to sound a certain way you want to use certain words you feel like the word should be big or something and all these things are happening and it blocks um, the part of the brain that's trying to be creative because you know there's left right brain um, so you're at, so you're actually getting in your own way, which is why they call it writer's block. But it's it's, mm-hmm. it's really just uh, a theorized conception of what's stopping you.
0: Yeah, I love it, man. So before we uh, end the show here, I wanted to ask you one last question. Through this wh- whole entire process of becoming a creator and you know having multiple things published, and now. Is there one thing that you've learned that has resonated in your life? Hmm.
1: One thing that I've learned that's resonated in my life. Um, I would have to say, and I feel like I'm echoing myself. So um, I would say patience and process. Um, I, am, I am definitely more patient um, with creating, with writing. Um, I don't try to write a whole script in one day. You know it, it, on average, i would say it taking me three to five days. but there's sometimes where I'll just I'll go a whole week, maybe, maybe two weeks where I, I take a step back from it and I, and I allow the day and the moment mm-hmm. to kind of fill me and then I'm able to be to be clearer. Um, also, you know, I'm more, I'm more I'm so right in the morning now because I learned that something in me switched where I'm fresher in the mornings. I used to write at night so the switches so that's being in tune and that's about patience and process um you know understanding your process um so and I learned I've learned that as you know with mistakes with things I've put out and I tried to do um I've learned what works for me um and the only way that I have learned that is is through is going through it and being patient with myself. So patience and process for sure.
0: I love that. Awesome, man. I appreciate you hanging out with me right here on the house of Indie. Is there anywhere anybody can find you on social media, all that good stuff. And then uh, if there's any books that are coming out that people are available to purchase, uh, please let them know where they can do that.
1: Absolutely. Um, so first, thank you for having me. Um, this has been great, man. And, and I love, I love, Talking with you and, and and chatting it up, so so it's real cool. Um, I'm on Twitter, uh, Brian L Hawkins. Uh, IG is Brian Hawkins Writes. Um, I'm on Facebook with a a page that's of the same title, Brian Hawkins Writes. I also have a personal Facebook page, which is Brian L Hawkins. It's a <laughs> lot of Brian L Hawkins. Um, so you can find me by looking up my name. Um, but uh, let's see. So Black Cotton um, has a IG and Black Cotton also has um, a Facebook page. So you can you know, get updates and stuff on Black Cotton there as well on, as on Scout's website. Black Cotton is out the first issue, February 10th. Um, pre-orders through Diamond closes officially tonight. Uh, so if you want to hop on Preview World and try to get one in, you, you may can um, after that. The comic book stores can uh, reach out to Scout, and they will. Um, uh, you can order directly, mm-hmm. um, and there will be a variant variants available on the web store uh, after February tenth that you can get as well. There's actually an ash can um, that's circling around on Scout um, that, that you can yeah. get. There's one, in Hive Comics also has them. Uh, so sort does of Sanctorium um, mm-hmm. in, in 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 Detroit, I believe. They have some in uh, Far Side Comics, um, is uh, has an exclusive Ryan Brown variant cover, Virgin yeah. cover, a uh, full wrapped. Um, they have 250, I believe. There's there's definitely less than 100 left of those. So you can check them out. And we have a couple more variants, uh, store exclusives, that's going to come through um, uh, Sanctorium and also Hive again. So be on the lookout for those. Um, Man, long-winded, but I'm just getting to (laughs) Devil's (laughs) Dominion now. I'm sorry. It's all good, man. Devil's Dominion through Black Box uh, is um, issue one was supposed to come out in the stores on Wednesday, but there was a delay with the printer. uh, So it should be in stores this coming Wednesday, um, issue one. And then issue two uh, is going to come out February 17th, a week after Black Mm -hmm. Cotton. And then um, it's a five-issue series. So after that, it's March 27th. In uh, April and in May, uh, for *Devils Dominion. and minion um, and and I have uh, a couple books coming out uh, with Xenoscope that I'm really excited about. Um, I can't uh, share any story details, um, but um, I'm really excited about about those and being able to uh, play in their grim universe, some uh, which was truly awesome. And they're they're such great people to work with. Uh, my experience so far has been phenomenal. Um, so definitely enjoy enjoy that. Um, so be on the lookout for that. That should be spring, or spring uh, going into late spring. And Richard Kemp and I have Don't Ever Blink, our self-published horror title. That's um, issue three is going to be launching uh, through Kickstarter um, probably like around February or March. So awesome. I'll stop there. You got
0: tons and tons of stuff coming out, man. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, So this, this episode will air already the, uh, the day after the uh, devil's dominion will be out in, in in shops. So if you guys are listening to this, then please go into your shop after you listen or pause this, Buy the book and then start playing it again after you read it, because I, I got to tell you, it's a really great book. And then subscribe to it. Go and tell your t- your your, your uh, cashier. Tell them, I want this book. I want this entire series. Uh, and then tell them that you want Black Cotton, man, because that is an amazing book as well. So I uh, appreciate you again, man. Uh, it's always a pleasure oh, talking to you. you, bro. Same you, man. Thank you. All right, everybody, we thank you for hanging out right here on the House of Indy with myself and Brian Hawkins. Like he said, he's got tons of great stuff coming out, so go check him out and uh, grab some stuff. I, You guys will not be disappointed, I guarantee it. All right, man, you have a great day. I appreciate you taking some time, to, taking some time out of your new year uh, to hang out with me right here, man. This was a whole lot of fun.
1: It was fun, I'm, I'm I'm honored to be the first one of the of, of, of the new year. I mean, that's 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 pretty cool, man. Twenty twenty one. Thank you for having me. Happy New Year! Man.
0: Yeah, man. At the rate it's going, man, we were we we're gonna probably have you on here again. Maybe we can make a make this an annual thing and have you again on uh, for the the first day of the year again, man. So. Uh, that, oh that, that'd be awesome uh, that'd be we'll, we'll, we'll get a we'll get a reunion going man I promise we'll, we'll do some good stuff <laughs> <laughs> alright man you Sounds have a good, good. one we'll- <laughs> alright dude uh, you just keep making amazing stuff and we'll have you on as many times as you want man cause you're an easy guy to talk to Appreciate
1: it. thank <laughs> you
0: likewise <laughs> alright man alright guys we see you later thank you for hanging out with me right here on the House of Indy check back with us next week when we have some really great people I think next week we're going to actually have uh, I believe uh, we're going to have Andrea Lorenzo Molinari on the show so you guys stay tuned for that one Uh, I'm checking my schedule just making sure I'm not lying to you guys because uh, I got him scheduled but I'm going to make sure that that happens so we'll see you guys next time and then after that one you guys are going to have be in for a treat we're going to have another scout creator look at that we got scout creators all over this place so we'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to The House of Indy. My name is Joey Galvez. I will see you later. Can you say The House of Indy? At
1: the House of Indy.